welcome to this episode of the Cycling Industry News Podcast, brought to you in association with Zyro Fisher. For this episode, I'm with Philip from Barrel Bikes. He is a CEO and co-founder, so thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So for those people who maybe might not be so familiar with Beryl, can you give us a bit of a background? I know you guys started with the Laser Light Core all the way back in 2012. Yeah, so uh, Beryl, formerly known as Blaze, uh, yeah, we, we launched in 2012, uh, as you say, with our, our launch product, which was a consumer bike light uh, for the retail market. Um, the thing that was best known about uh, that and the company at the time was the features on that product was the Laser Light. Um, so that's a front white light, which includes a, a green laser, which projected the image of the bike onto the road ahead of you. So that was back in 2012, as you say. Um, and now we are probably best known for our bike share systems. Uh, so we uh, launch, own, and run bike share systems in various different UK cities. And um, you have around about 2,000 bikes on, on UK roads at the moment. Um, operations in the city of London, Bournemouth, Hereford, Hackney, and Watford most recently, I believe. Yeah. Um, why did you choose these locations specifically? Is there sort of a, a grand plan with that? Yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, actually, uh, a little bit about how we got into bike share in the first instance, I suppose. So uh, we, we always existed uh, as a, a company with a, a strong focus uh, on urban cycling. And at the time, uh, you know, with Emily Brooke, who's the founder of the business, had a... Uh, uh, an innovation of the laser light, which, uh, as I say, is this green laser which projects an image of the bike onto the road ahead of you. And um, this was a... D- when you look at urban cycling, um, safety was always the biggest uh, factor that sort of prevents people getting on a bike and using a bike in, in, in town. Um, and so the laser light was designed very specifically to meet that challenge. So it, cr- it increases the visibility of a cyclist on the road, um, and and once w- you know, once we had sort of figured out that this was a product that was going to help with that challenge, it allowed us to sort of think more broadly about urban cycling. And we've always known, you know, from back then, and and many people have, like, you know, cycling in cities is an important part of how people get around cities, and it's only going to become a more important part of how yeah. people should be getting around cities. And and we we probably thought with that product, um, you know, we will we will begin. Uh, and grow a, a brand that's focused on urban cycling. And of course, there are, there are a few out there, but it, you know, just observing cyclists in, in, in cities in the UK, you see a lot of people sort of borrowing bikes and componentry and accessories and clothing, etc., from from the road cycling market or, or, or from mountain biking. And, and so we thought there's a good opportunity to meet the needs of urban cyclists. And, and that's therefore you know, why safety was such an important factor, like safety is the biggest need of, of cy- is the biggest sort of thing that prevents someone cycling in a city. I, in the time that we've been in existence though, the number of people who are cyclists in cities has gone up, excellent, uh, and will continue to go up, uh, excellent, and is continuing to get some more support, and of course it can always have more support from a sort of legislative point of view and from a local government point of view. Um, and you know, part of that is sort of the cohort of people who are cycling in cities on bike share bikes has also gone up. And so with our core hypothesis of wanting to encourage people to cycle in cities, um, you know, doing that from a product point of view uh, is, is where we started and that's what we continue to do. But now also, you know, delivering a bike share service 
of a level of quality, a level of safety, a level of reliability, a level of affordability in, in cities is another really, really important way. And indeed, for us now, the main way in which we're trying to encourage people to cycle in cities. And, and for us to get there, it was a relatively, it felt at the time, a relatively organic path. Um, so, you know, if you could look at a, a bike share company at the minute, um, all of the technology, uh, operational sophistication that's required to run our bike share systems, and it's, you know, a very different set of skills and a very different looking business than you might need for someone who's trying to sell bike products. And that's true, but that evolution for us felt very natural and indeed stepped through some quite natural iterations. So the biggest and most significant of that was when we worked with TFL um, and the operators of that bike share system in London to integrate our laser light into those bikes. So you know, a big study was undertaken uh, that TFL had commissioned and, and, and we ran a big pilot in the scheme itself to test the reliability of the product, the serviceability of the product, while TFL were assessing effectively you know, the, the, in the efficacy of the product and whether it did indeed keep people safer and make them more visible. And, and over the course of 2015, those two streams of work were running and both came back with very positive outcomes. You know, the, the laser light was making people cycling on TFL's bikes, uh, you know, 26% more visible on average around around vehicles and you know even more so around the particularly dangerous vehicles in cities buses and, and yeah, trucks HGVs, HGVs yeah. and the tip of the you know the really really shockingly dangerous tipper trucks and, and those mm -hmm. those vehicles yeah and and so yeah that that was a big kickstart for us in terms of uh, understanding the bike share market and we became quite well known for that product at that point you know every single day in London somewhere between you know 40 to 80,000 on a very good day maybe that's overstretching it but journeys being made every day by those bike and if it's uh, by those bikes and if it's at night time they're being made with our laser light and so that gave us a, a you know a, a bit of an understanding into the market we worked very closely with uh, operators we worked very closely with TFL we even worked very closely with with Santander the sponsor of that scheme and so really got under the skin of what it takes to run a big complicated bike share system. Uh, we then also sort of stepped our way up the value chain in bike share systems. So on sort of contractual stepping stones. So yeah. we delivered a, another contract for the New York bike share system and increased the sophistication of the product that we're offering, included some more technology, included some IoT connectivity. Um, we had another contract in Montreal, uh, we have a, a, another contract in, in Glasgow for, for lighting, and then another contract in, uh, in London for, for then a sort of full suite on-bike technology product, um, which includes you know, all the lighting, all the latest features that urban cyclists might expect from a safe lighting system, like the laser light, like rear brake lights, but also, you know, connectivity, GPS tracking, um, and a, an, as an associated dashboard uh, that delivers a lot of interesting insights to the operator and, and to the owner on, on running a bike share system. And so through, through all of those, so that, that was the journey really from sort of 2015 through to uh, sort of the end of 2017. Yeah. And, um, and that gave us basically, certainly from a product point of view and from a technology point of view, everything that we thought uh, 
was you know needed in terms of understanding how to how to deliver a really good bike share system at the time the micro mobility industry which was only just really earning itself a name um, was was sort of starting to grow so prior to that it was just bike share systems and, and now you have micro mobility systems which includes you know electric scooters bikes electric bikes even electric cargo bikes uh, and, and no doubt over the next couple of years a couple of other innovations uh, that we, we don't yet know what they might be um, but but we sort of at the, at the time sort of 2017 2018 um, we thought that the companies that were launching some of these systems were not really focusing on uh, sort of the, the user and the riding experience as much as they could and so we were sort of borrowing our years of experience of being a consumer brand and understanding the level of quality that particularly UK riders expect of uh, you know their cycling experience yeah. um, and indeed I don't think in 2017 2018 you know a lot of these uh, micro mobility systems and bike share systems that were being launched were also not really meeting the needs of, of local authorities they weren't it wasn't clear how they were going to be contributing to the long-term sort of cycling and walking strategies of cities and yeah. you know it, and even sort of the transport strategies of, of cities and so you know, we, we thought through our sort of uh, apprenticeship as it were as a supplier to some really big complicated bike share systems um, that we, we, we had a, a really uh, you know, a strong idea of the sort of bike share system a customer wants and the sort of bike share system that will fit well with a local authority's expectations and local authorities' strategies for encouraging cycling. Uh, and that indeed, that was, that, that was the sort of how we got to the point where we were, were launching our bike share systems in 2019. So to, to, go, to go back to the question, you know, why, why did we launch in those cities? I guess it was a case of that, you know, uh, you know speaking with lots of local authorities throughout the country uh, and transport authorities, you know, throughout Europe and North America more generally, uh, and, and finding those people who sort of shared a view that, uh, you know, it's you, you want to take a longer term view to introducing your micromobility system uh, and you want to work with a partner who uh sort of wants to sort of run a system that is as good as it can be from a user's perspective you know as you know, an absolutely brilliant experience for the user um while also being sympathetic to uh, you know whether they're real or perceived issues around sort of dockless yeah. things um and uh, and something that's going to actually encourage cycling right so encouraging people to ride bikes rather than just use something that's new and shiny and, and snazzy um, and, and and you know I think our, our launch city in Bournemouth that's that's what we were able to get so you know from the get-go we were able to get a you know a five-year contract which gives us platform to invest um, and it gives us confidence to you know to, to sort of go on that that journey with Bournemouth and indeed you know that's a local authority that has uh, you know, a strong vision for what they want, uh, an acknowledgement that they're not there yet in terms of the cycling provision that they have, um, but you know, potential access to funding, uh, both locally raised and from central government, to really um, you know massively enhance cycling provision in that city, um, and uh, you know the, the same applies then to, to all the other places that we're talking about. Basically, you know, Hereford uh, is an interesting one for us because people would 
they had traditionally looked at it and thought, well, that's quite a small place. You can't really make a bike share system work there. But we're able to put together a commercial model and an operating model that, that worked for Hereford. And actually, Hereford is a great case study for us because there's a, a huge long tail of cities like that in the UK. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite easy to understand by the nature of the size of it. It's got you know, a very uh, dense urban city centre, um, which is designed for an age in which cars didn't exist. Uh, and so the congestion there is really significant. Um, and, and, and so we were able to make a big impact there. And, and you know, the, the good thing for, for our, our next set of cities is now um, the market is capable of delivering quite good bike share systems or micro-mobility systems now. Um, and so local authorities, transport authorities in the UK and in North America and Europe, they, they, you know, the bar is quite high now as well. So you know, we, we we're able to sort of have that conversation with these local authorities, um, you know, quite you know, somewhat of a sophisticated way because people are very well briefed on on, on what a micromobility system is now. Uh, and then so that's what we're looking for in all the other places that we're looking to go to is. Um, yeah, is is the ability to deliver, you know, micro mobility system with a, f you know, bikes and e-bikes at their fundamental, you know, they are the pillar for us. We think they're the, the most, they they have the most positive externalities. They're the, the best thing that we can think of uh, somebody using, um, and we want to augment that service with other things where it's appropriate, um, you know, like electric scooters and electric cargo bikes and things like that. Um, and as long as we sort of share the view and, and are able to come to a commercial model that makes sense then that's that's our sort of that's our method for choosing the places that we'll launch and um, you just mentioned e-bikes and e-cargo bikes are those things that you're you've already integrated into your fleet or you're thinking about out about doing so yeah so we have we have a cargo bike in our fleet um, so yeah we because we've grown up as a product company as a technology company like that is our our core product strategy is is to equip is to deliver the technology to, to bikes and e-bikes and, and, and launch them into our systems. And what that means is, yeah, we're able to also equip uh, off-the-shelf uh, cargo bikes, electric cargo bikes, electric scooters into our system. Um, so, yeah, we've done that already with um, cargo bikes. We're looking at a couple of electric cargo bike systems at the minute, which, you know, for me, I think is really, really exciting. I think yeah. electric cargo bikes are amazing and and <laughs> will become more and more amazing yeah. um sort of from a societal point of view you know an electric cargo bike in terms of the, the positive impact that it can have on a city is massive because if you think it, uh, a, a bike is really excellent right? uh, you know a bike is the sort of silver bullet in silver yeah, silver bullet in terms of uh good for the rider's public health um you know if people could if doctors could, they just prescribe 20 minutes of activity to everybody, and yeah. it would, you know, save solve a lot of things. Solve a lot of things. <laughs> and so, you know, getting on a bike is, is is so good for the person who's doing it, but it's so good for everybody else as well. Particularly if that journey is taking a car off the road. Yeah. And so the you know the utility of that is is massive. Now, if you multiply that into you know uh, a cargo bike, the all of that exists, but the thing that you're avoiding being on the road is an even bigger thing that we should be avoiding being on the road where possible. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so, you know, if, if, if we're using a cargo bike and we're preventing people sort of driving around a three and a half ton diesel truck, great. Or, or even, you know, a, lo- a, a, a trip to the shops that you otherwise have no alternative but to drive at the minute, yeah. great. So the number of the, the sort of uh, the replaced journeys that you can do with a cargo bike in terms of like broader positive externalities is is massive and that's that's why we're really really keen to uh, yeah look to, to make use of the technology and operational platform that we have and bring cargo bikes into that and um, you mentioned about some of the places that you you know started off integrating um, technology into and one of those was New York are you looking to launch in the US anytime soon you know as barrel yeah, that's yeah. That's a good question. So we we are basically. So we're launching a, a bike share system, in in one of the boroughs of New York City in Staten Island in a few months' time, and um, that is an an interesting example for us. So we um, we effectively the, the way that the way that we operate our bike share systems is as I say very technology led, but effectively we we um, operate by what we call barrel bays. So. We don't, the bike itself could be a dockless, free-floating bike. Um, so we decouple all of the technology uh, and some of the security that uh, is required to run a bike share system from the dock and from the street and, and, and put it on the bike. Uh, and then we have really, really accurate, always on and very reliable uh, GPS alerting and GPS tracking on the bike. And therefore we operate our bike share system off of geofence bays. So people pick up our bike from a barrel bay and drop it off at a barrel bay. And if somebody leaves their bike outside of a barrel bay, they get charged an additional convenience fee. Right. So it stops people leaving their bikes around and exactly, and yeah. It messy and, that kind of stuff. and 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 you know you can tweak that a little bit. So if it's if the fee is one pound, you will have people choosing to take that one pound fee on the chin because they want the yeah. extra convenience. And that's fine if that's the system that you're designing or if you want it to be, you know, preventative, then you change that one pound fee to five or twenty pounds, whatever, you, whatever you want, really. And we sort of had this conversation with with, with New York City uh, at its core, and, and we said, you know, um, you don't have to run your next generation bike share systems or your next generation micro mobility systems in a sort of dockless, free floating, sort of dare I say, it, chaotic manner. Um, and I, I guess the thing that's that's true is like a lot of the other companies that do this, especially electric scooter companies, but they could actually do that, presumably, from a technology point of view, mm. and presumably also from an operational point of view. Um, but for whatever reason, that's not their that's not their mo. And I'm yeah, I'm without wanting to sort of second guess their business models. But but so we were saying to to. Um, to New York City Department of Transport, like you can do that. You can definitely do it by e-bikes. You can definitely do it with e-scooters, and you can also actually do it with, with with normal bikes as well if you have the right level of technology and the right sort of sophistication around your operation. And they were of the view, as you know, one of the leading transport authorities in the world. Um, you know, they were of the view that this is where micro mobility services are going to go yeah. uh, toward this sort of geo-fenced, more controlled operation. Uh, and so on that basis, yeah, we talked to them a little bit more uh, about Staten Island and uh, specifically how we might run a, you know, a, a long pilot there. That, you know, a pilot in, in, in the sense that we're still sort of testing out that stuff in that market, but long enough 
that we think we can make it make sense from a business opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, when we, when we sort of got into the detail a little bit more of, of Staten Island, of the demographics of that city, of the car, of that area, of the car use, of the support the local authority or transport authority is going to give us, um, and, and the opportunity to work with a good local operator, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a, an excellent way to sort of demonstrate a little bit you could say to that market that this is a, the future of micro mobility systems, and also you know build our own market over there so that we can use that as a bit of a springboard for for schemes more generally in the U.S. And in your opinion, what are some of the differences between the U.S. and the U.K.'s micro mobility schemes? You know, is one a bit more forward thinking than the other, or what is one a little more resistant to it? I think the the main difference between Micromobility in the UK and micromobility in North America or, or Europe is driven by the regulatory difference. In the UK, electric scooters are not allowed on roads. Yeah. What the market has shown us is where there's a company capable of doing, or a city uh, who wants to do one of these things, but c companies are launching scooters. Like companies prefer to launch scooters, and I, I, I totally get that. Uh, because they've been able to demonstrate fantastic, extremely impressive uh, user adoption and short-term growth. I, you know, it is incredible, and that's fueled a business model that has allowed them to invest in more scooters and offer to cities a free electric scooter service. Which undoubtedly, you know, anybody riding an electric scooter, instead of getting in a car or getting in a, a ride, you know, whether it's their car or a ride-hail car is a really good thing that should be celebrated. Yeah. Um, and and so, you know, it's, it's a positive thing uh, in that sense. And the fact that these organizations, these companies are have the, uh, effectively have the cash flow to do it has, uh, and there's the regulatory framework to deploy these things, that's absolutely what, so it's the, re it's the regulatory framework that's driven the difference. I don't think there's people in the UK who are any more or any less uh, sort of capable of, you know, imagining what the future of cycling, uh, of walking, of micromobility, of, of like transport systems in the future of our cities should be like. Um, I don't think there's, a, you know, uh, there's no, you know, there's, there's lots of extremely forward-looking people in that sense from private sector and from public sector. And I actually don't necessarily, we can't necessarily say even because we don't have scooters in this country yet that we're behind, like scooters might indeed turn out not to be like the fundamental thing yeah. within this sector of transport, within micromobility, uh, as in it might not be as important as it is appearing to be mm -hmm. in some of those cities at the moment, in, in Europe and North America, um, but it's definitely got a place to play. Um, and it's just a case of, uh, of figuring out how you balance all of those, you know, all of the types of journeys that we want people to be making. And off the back of that, do you truly see a future where everything is sort of multimodal? People will ride their scooter to the station, jump on the tube, and then pick up a, a barrel bike and then go to their workplace, as opposed to, you know, the jump in the car and get to work that way? I get, well, I mean, in the journey that you've described, I hope that there's still a decent amount of walking in that. From a, um, <laughs> not from a, a sort of, you know, obviously, not from a business point of view, that's the point, right? Walking, it, there has to be, re, yeah, walking has to be really uh, considered as a really important part of how people get around, uh, and there has to be some walking in there. 
uh, I think you know, I want to live in a city where it's really easy to walk uh, and I think it massively improves the livability and you know where cities are going to go at a street level in terms of leisure activities and, and things like that so there definitely has to be some walking in there um, obviously the biggest thing that prevents us having these beautiful like you know walking journeys and you know uh, utopian piazzas and things like that is the thing that's getting in the way of that is not electric scooters or bikes uh, or even like buses and public transport like it's it's private use cars yeah um so i think uh yeah i think i do think that you know the future for how people get around cities uh will you know fundamentally involve far less miles traveled on your own in a car uh or in a ride hail car and uber or a traditional taxi um but beyond that, yeah, then then there's there's got to be, you know, there's got to be a, a, a section of journeys uh, or a distance on one big journey or the, you know commute that's made by walking, uh, and most likely then, uh, you know, a lot of public transit. Hopefully, um, you know, buses and and tubes and trains and things like that. Was particularly. Uh, you know, buses are, are actually quite good in cities, and I think once we get to a point where we have, you know, buses that are completely uh, prevalent, that are not, you know, that are electric, that will help um, a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think that sort of multi-modality um, definitely is part of, is the sort of future of how people will get around. Um, and yeah, I definitely think there's this big, this big emerging section of journeys that are made by micro mobility. And the really thing that the thing that's interesting about those, as you say, is there's, there's two types of journeys that get made on micro mobility services. There's there's an end to end journey, and well, there's, there's there's actually loads, but like there's mainly an end to end <laughs> journey, and 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 the other really important one is the one that links into hopefully a public transport journey. Um, and yeah, so what that has to be is a really easy. Uh, a really easy journey for people to make. So it has to be at the really base, le base level, like it has to be safe. Yeah. Fundamentally, everything about that journey has to be safe. And, um, you know, the micro mobility part of that journey, so let's say it's a bike or an electric scooter or an electric bike part of that journey, you know, it, it, for it to be safe, the absolutely the best and easiest thing that cities can do to make that safe is to build some segregated. Uh, infrastructure yeah. um, and hopefully this is a segregated infrastructure away from you know which is, is mainly designed about being away from uh, you know public transport because you know in the utopian view there isn't that many uh, car journeys being made by private individuals anyway um, so yeah as soon as it, it's safe that's the most important thing the second thing that transport system has to be is well yeah it has to be reliable um, and so that's another big reason why we operate our bike systems around these parking bays operationally for us it's far easier for us to deliver a reliable service yeah. to bays than it would be in a free floating system um, and of course uh, you know it has to be just a really e e extremely uh, I guess seamless digital experience as well or a seamless ticketed experience yeah. um, so you know you, you want to make your journey and and know how much it's going to cost or very close to how much it's going to cost um, and and 
uh, and just yeah complete that journey through one one single ticket and that's the whole that's what people talk about in terms of mobility as a service yeah. and things like that and, and the digital the digital platforms that enable that sort of experience and I suppose you've just got to convince people as well that by doing that will actually be easier than them just getting in their car and driving there because I suppose people are very much about the quickest almost easiest way yeah convenient way to do something aren't they? yeah exactly exactly um, and, and and cost is a massive driver as well yeah. like uh, I would say that owning a car is massively subsidized oh sorry living your life with a car is, is you could say quite quite well subsidized like parking in cities is quite cheap driving yeah. on cities is really really cheap um, compared and so that's a massive driver that's a, like a big policy sort of lever that cities could have to, to force people to to sort of change their behavior but you can't necessarily expect people to change their behavior unless you're delivering them a safe alternative yeah. uh, and a reliable alternative and like so you know they've got like sort of bringing it slightly closer to home um with there's stuff that we can do as an operator to make sure our bikes are safe and we do absolutely everything we possibly can from a product perspective from an operational perspective and it has to be reliable and there's loads of stuff that we do as an operator to to make sure it's yeah, it's a reliable service that, that people can use. And uh, but then the other thing is, you know, I'm not expecting in the short term, you know, loads of our uh, you know, loads of our customers will still have a car. And so, you know, when you when and that's absolutely that's absolutely fine. And and people should still make certain journeys by car. But um, I guess what we have to consider is, you know, doing a car journey in a city in the UK at the minute is is effectively people sort of consider it almost free. Like yeah. you already own a car drive to the shops doesn't really cost you anything park at the shops doesn't really cost you anything yeah. and it's extremely convenient and what's more it's really really comfortable like you're inside and it's warm and you can listen to the radio and things yeah. like that and like um so i totally get it uh, in terms of why people why people will, will 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 do that um and so our job in the short term is to make our bikes as the, the experience of using our bike, the experience of using our electric bike, uh, the experience of using our electric scooter, like as good as possible. Like it's a really high bar we've got to meet. It's got to yeah. be really comfortable and it's got to be safe. It's got to be enjoyable um, in order for us to like actually have any place within any within any sort of journey, whether it's multimodal or, or not. And um, you obviously safety is a very important factor for you guys. It's what you were founded on, essentially. Um, are there any new developments on the lighting side of the business, and and any new things to come on that on that front? That's a good question. Yeah. So we we yeah we do indeed, as you say, still uh, run our, our cycle business. Uh, we still uh, sell to a lot of uh, great retailers in in the UK and Europe. Um, you know, we we sort of believe in design and innovation uh, and quality of products and so we sort of I guess uh, somewhat um, you know we've considered I would say in terms of how we, we bring our lights to market um, and I think you know we've got to make sure that we're trying to make uh, lights that have a place in in the urban urban market for us so the it's it's a difficult you know it's it's quite an interesting business like bike lights nowadays are extremely good yeah. you know compared to where we were sort of I don't know, five years ago, ten years ago, you know, bike lights are really, really good, and there's some really good companies that make some really good bike lights for an extremely affordable price. And so we we uh, are trying to make sure that we're, uh, of course, meeting all of the uh, criteria on bike lights that, that we know we have to meet, and we 
people expect, like really high lumen count, uh, you know, USB rechargeable, even sort yeah. of contactless rechargeable, fully waterproof. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about bike lights now as well is they last for years. Like I, th I remember it used to be the case where you'd buy a bike light, a new set of bike lights every year, either because maybe I'd have lost them or someone would have pinched them, but yeah. often they would have just sort of broke. But nowadays that happens less because they're really good. Uh, and so, yeah, we're, so yeah we're, we're, we're working on some bike lights that are yeah, of a really high quality and have a particular place focusing towards sort of city cyclists. And um, in terms of the next couple of years, are you guys looking to expand more maybe into Europe or are you sort of going to just try and expand within the UK and, and North America? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we um, yeah, we're, we're, I guess, an ambitious company. We want to grow uh, and we want to grow our bike share business, you know, into a micro mobility sharing business. And I guess like the scale of the sort of business opportunity, the market opportunity, but also the scale of the sort of uh, problem that we're trying to solve is is absolutely massive, right? You know, 17% uh, of all global uh, carbon emission is is from transport, and a, a, a massive over uh, of that 17%, more than should it be, is caused by city centre traffic and cities are only going to grow 60% of the global population living in cities by 2030 something like that so the, the scale of the, the, the challenge is absolutely massive and so our sort of belief is we need to, to be partnering with people and big organisations uh, in order to be able to deliver services that are going to affect substantial change the really important partners to that first of all are obviously like cities transport authorities local authorities so you know that's uh, an important sort of driver for our growth is working with cities who who are all sort of all on the same page and believe that we can deliver a service that will help help them um, and also then like trying to work with cities that have a view on how this emerging class of transit this emerging micro mobility class works so um, what sort of journey should we be encouraging to be made uh, by scooters, what sort of journey should we encourage by bike, what sort of journey should we encourage by cargo bike, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. And also having a, a sort of, even at a city authority, transport authority, having a bit of sort of, um, you know, desire to innovate built into their DNA as well is, is really exciting for us. And of course, like funding is, is a big part. So like our, our pipeline for cities we want to launch in the short term is, is driven quite heavily by cities that we think have a f uh, you know going to be able to help us make a commercial model that works yeah. uh, in the long term, and and thankfully like there are a lot of those in the UK specifically at the minute. Um, there's yeah there's a, there's a lot of cities at the minute that I think uh, want to introduce a bike share system, and are very intrigued in how that bike share system grows into a micro mobility system, so that you grow the number of people and you grow the number of journeys that you are delivering a multimodal journey for and getting people out of cars for. Um, so those are the sorts of cities that are driving our pipeline. Um, and in terms of location, yeah, like we, you know, we the, our, our technology and our operating model is capable of deploying uh, in, in different locations. Um, and, and, and there may well be other partners who are not city authorities, but other uh, industry partners who can help us uh, either more rapidly grow 
uh, where we're delivering systems in the UK, uh, or you know we can partner with to launch uh, new systems elsewhere. Well, thank you very much for joining me. It was really interesting to hear all about your plans. Great, thank you very much. Thank you.